know what you're going to get with, do you? You, you don't you no. know what you're going to get. Uh, hello, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the United Stand. I'm joined by Paul Ince on the show. We've got lots to talk about. Poch, the favourite, Harry Maguire, Bood, Louis Van Al, all sorts of stuff to talk about. So we'll get into that. Paul, how are you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm very good. Yeah, I was at the game last night, uh, doing it for Sky. Obviously, you wasn't aware of that because you was doing your own stuff. I saw it. I said, uh, it said Paul Ince, voice of Paul Ince on my screen. I couldn't hear the voice, but I thought, well, there he is. Don't know whether you were talking sense or not. Well, you should have stopped what you was doing and thought, listen, I better listen to see what my mate's saying, you know. But no, <clears throat> you thought sodding. I can't yeah, do you were probably other. going, it's disgusting, disgusting that an England player has been booed. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was disgusting to be fair it was um, I mean I, I mean, I was sat in the studio so it was hard to hear the booze but I heard it something um, and I wasn't sure I wasn't sure who it was, it was actually directed at you know because we had our back to the, you to the, to get the, him the, off Sky he's rubbish probably Reading fans doing this but it probably was <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think, honestly I didn't see because of course when we, where we do the studio our backs are towards the pitch so when the booze come out, and then obviously it was only two later on, they were saying they were booing Harry Maguire. And listen, it's a minority, isn't it? It's a minority. I, I don't understand the reason behind it. You know, I was trying to work out before we come on live on air, whether it had been, you know, Mate United fans who are based in London, because we've got loads of those. But then again, Mate United fans never boo their players, as we, as we, as we know. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think out, you know, why would they boo Harry Maguire? On what grounds? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. So you're talking about someone who's played in the final of the Europa, you know, European tournament. Unlucky not to get through. You're talking about someone who's played in the World Cup semi-finals, you know. So if you talk about his form for England, he's always played for England. Irrespective, forget about his form for Manchester United. You know, this is two separate things. Yeah, and this is an England people, player, isn't it? That's and, and I, think, I think people kind of feel because they say, well, when you when you pick a player to play for England, it should be based on the form of what he's doing for his club. You know, that's not always the case. That is never always the case. I remember when I was at Man United and I think David Batty and that were playing in midfield for England and I couldn't get into the England squad. Could not get into it. All right, and then we played Leeds at Old Trafford, we beat them 2 0. Batty was playing, Gary Speed, Godrissi Soul, McAllister. And it was me and Robson in midfield. We absolutely annihilated them. So then I get a phone call when I'm in the players' lounge from um, Alex Ferguson to come up to the stairs to see him. And he said, Paul, um, I've just had um, Graham tell him on the phone he wants you to come to the England, uh, being in the England squad. I was like, no. He said, what do you mean, no? I said, no. I said, I've been playing so well for Manchester United all season, and yet he's not picked me, he's not picked me to be in the England squad on the form that I was showing. You know, and I said, so I'm not going. So I walked back down to the, to the players' lounge. Half hour later, Brian Kidd comes to the cafe needs to see you straight away. So went back upstairs to see Sir Alex, and went, I've just got off the phone to Graham Taylor. He said, tell Paul if he goes, if he comes, he's, he's starting. And all right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went. So I went and started, and, and the rest is history. But on form, I should have been in that England squad a year ago. You know, I should have been in that England squad, and I, and I wasn't. Um, so when when you talk about picking players on form for their club to plan to, to go to play for the national team, it's not always the case. No. So whether 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 there's a minority who think well. Why should we be playing for England when his form at Manchester United is, is not as good as it should be? <clears throat> it's, it's, it's not the point of that. The point is that Gareth Southgate trusts Harry Maguire in, the, in his side. Harry Maguire has done nothing wrong when he's played for England. Okay, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the thing that Harry Maguire did do wrong was when he was getting criticism the, the previous game, he, he put his hand to his ears. If to say to the fans, you can boom it, but you know, at, at will, it doesn't affect me. Maybe, maybe it was something to do with that. But at the end of the day, Gary Southgate, just like, just like he picked Raheem Sterling, this is the same situation we had with Raheem Sterling a, a few years back. Raheem Sterling was the scapegoat and fans were booing him and it was a total disgrace. And, you know, now he's one of the golden boys. Even in, in, even in Euros, just gone. 
people was criticising Raheem. Why is he playing? Why is he in the team? He was the best player for England. He was the best, best player. Um, same with Johnny Barnes. He was getting booed back in the day. You know, and I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, listen, you can... Well, lots of, lots of United players have been booed over the years for England anyway. Just, mm. I, I, But I, I agree with you. I don't think last night was because he was a United player. I actually think he bit the nail on the head. I think, um, and, and Anmar's just put it on the chat as well. I think it's because people think he shouldn't have been picked on form because you've got Tamori, who's playing for AC Milan, young centre-back, done really well. But I actually do... I mean, look, I've sat here and said Maguire's shit. I, and, I, and I think he has been this season. But that's a United thing. From an England point of view, I agree with you. I think that he hasn't really ever done anything wrong for Southgate. And there's obviously a big influence in that team. And whether he should start in the World Cup, he definitely, I think he should be in the squad. And But I do... But that, but this is the beauty of opinion, isn't it, Paul? And that's why I think Harry Kane and Henderson and everyone coming out the gate after the game saying it's disgusting that a fan's been a, a player's been booed. But it, it, is that not the world we live in? It's it's, it's an opinion, mm. isn't it? I personally don't agree with booing, and you're right. United fans don't boo. I don't know whether Liverpool fans boo. I mean, obviously you played there. I don't know, but the reality is, United United fans don't really boo. I know Martial got it a bit, but you know, booing should be reserved for like players who've done something really horrible, I think, off the pitch or something like that. You shouldn't be booing them just because they've, they've put a bad performance in, especially not before a game. And you can you can ironically applaud them and jeer them if they get subbed after a bad performance. But it, mm. but then again, it, it, each their own. I, I think it's um, I think it's happened before and it'll happen again. Like Roy Keane said last night, if, in some ways, Southgate's made a bigger deal out of it than he needed to be because it's, it's now become a big headline when the reality is, the best way to solve this is do what you did that time against Leeds. Go and prove them wrong that you're better than David Batty. Go and prove... If I'm Harry Maguire, I'm like, I'm just going to prove everyone. If I score a winning header in the semi-final of the World Cup, they ain't going to be bloody booing me then, are they? Just just go and prove them wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's what Raheem Sterling's done. That's what Raheem yeah. Sterling's done. He's, you know, Brilliant last night, wasn't he? He was public enemy number one. As I said before, the Euros. Why is he in the squad? Why is he starting... Because what you what you what you do get, and all these England fans, they all come from different teams, obviously naturally, you know. And like they, they, these could be players. You think you mentioned Tamoy, you know. These could be like you know, hypothetically Chelsea fans, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or where where he was at prior, prior to that, you know. They could have a player who they think is in the England squad who's not playing. You think, well, anyway, he's playing better for for his club at the moment than what Harry Maguire is. So why is he not playing in the England squad if it's based on form? You know, but unfortunately, it's not just based on form. It's who you trust. You know, Mohamed Gray was excellent in the Euros. You know, defence was absolutely brilliant him alongside John Stones. Uh, absolutely awesome. Um, so, if I, I I get it, if you if if you had a bad performance and you get beat two one or two nil, that then I give the fans every entitlement to boo, to boo. Right? I'm not I'm not against booing. You can't you can't have adulation all the time. You can't. You know, players think they can have praise, 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 and as soon when they get a, bit, a little bit of adversity, it's like, oh, well, you can't do that, you can't do that. But unfortunately, this is the world we live in, you know. So support your players, support your team. If the performance is rubbish at the end of the 95th minute or 94th minute, then you can show a crescendo of booze. And like they used to do it into Milan, you know, they used to whistle at the end of the, at the, end of the game. Not during the game, they'd sing and they'd shout and they'd support. And if we were rubbish or dogs must go, then we get all the what we deserve. But to do it pre-match, you know, when we've got so many important games coming, we've got the World Cup coming up in November. You know, it just sends a negative sign out to, to everybody. And as I said, we're sitting here now talking about you know minority, and it was a minority booing booing the Maguire. It was, and we're sitting there talking about that when we should be talking about well, you know performance, you know, who's got a chance of going, you know, that type of stuff. Can Harry Maguire take the form for England into, into the way he's playing for Manchester United? You know, we're not we're talking about the minority booing Harry Maguire pre-game and and, it, and it's not right. And it is and it shouldn't be right. And but you can't keep you can't kick um kick fans out of the ground for booing. You can't kick fans out for having other opinions. When we were talking about doing the knee at Wembley, you know, there were sections of the crowd who were booing. Yeah, yeah. That racial discrimination. That's more disgusting than Boone Harry Maguire. More disgusting. You know, I'm not sure how much a bigger thing we made out about that. I, yeah, well, well, I mean, it was only a couple of years ago. Um, um, 
Joe Gomez got booed, didn't he, for you know a training ground incident with Raheem Sterling? It's ridiculous. But look, um, we'll bring it back to United. I think we both agree that the, the, the booing of players is probably not what something we agree with. But obviously, you're not going to get kicked out of the ground for doing it. One thing's for certain: United are playing Leicester on Saturday, and no United fan will be booing Harry Maguire. And actually, there's probably re- there's more reason for United fans to boo him than England fans because, for me, in my opinion, we're out of the Champions League because Harry Maguire lost his man in Spain. So. And he's lost us a lot of points this season, arguably. But they, he won't be booed because that's not what United fans do. And, and thankfully, that's no. the case. Um, let's talk about Man United. A decision coming soon with the manager, Paul. Um, uh, Rumours overnight that I need to bring into the show. I mean, I'll probably talk about it more on the two o'clock show. But uh, Pochettino, um, it's felt it's been felt that Ten Hag was the favourite and is the, is the preferred choice. But uh, in the last sort of... 24 hours there's more and more noise coming out that Pochettino is is, is starting to move ahead which is is what I have always feared and expected um uh, reasons being that Man United seem a bit obsessed with Pochettino and he um he's um he's, he's the man who's going to make the less waves I mean you talk about Harry Maguire Marcus Rashford Harry Kane these are the sort of players that, that Pochettino is going to like he's used to working under a board that's you know not the best, and and you can see why Pochettino and people are fearing him. Um, what's your thoughts on the situation, Paul? Because we haven't spoke for a week. Ten Hag was interviewed last week. Uh, lots of good noise coming out from that interview um, that he'd done really, really well. But I think your pro poch. We've had Gary Neville pro poch, Rio Ferdinand, Teddy Sheringham. I think Paul Scholes and Keane want Diego Simeone. Um, what, what's your what's your feeling on the way it is at the moment? Um, and uh, Obviously, should a decision be made soon, or do you think that they're right to take their time on this? Well, listen. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not first and foremost. I'm not sure why Keenan Scalzi would want uh, Simeone. I, I don't. Right, it's as good as mine. I don't know. <laughs> pure madness. You know, if you watch, listen. He's done great in Spain. You know, he's won. He's won a t- t- title there. But he's, he's. If you look at his style of football, you know, you wouldn't want to watch that. You know, every week at Old Trafford. You know, because we said it time and time again, we know what, you know, the type of football United fans have been brought up on. And that's well, he thrives we... on like 40% possession, doesn't he, Simeone? Yeah. You don't want the ball. He, yeah, he gets, he gets, he gets one new up. We saw it at Anfield. You know, the performance at Anfield was diabolical. Part of the bus, you know, people moaned about Marino doing that at Anfield. Marino got slaughtered for doing that. Simeone does it at Anfield. Also, he's a genius. Yeah. Um, parks a bus and that's it. So, I'm not, I'm not sure his style of football will be conducive to what we're trying to search for at, at Manchester United, that, that's for sure. Uh, I think that's pure pure madness. But um, it, it, it's, I've always said Poch from the start. I've always said the Poch, and, and maybe, as I said before, maybe they'd made that appointment two or three years down the road. We would have been a lot, of, we might have been a lot of healthy place than what we are we are now. Um, um, but then, obviously, you look at Ten Hag, and it was funny because. You know, everyone's coming out saying what a great coach he is. And, you know, it's not just about coaching when you're at Manchester United. It's not. And that's what people have got to understand. It's about dealing with the egos. It's about dealing with the big names. It's about making sure that they're all thinking on the same hymn sheet, you know, and singing from the same hymn sheet and thinking that there's one common goal, and that is to get Man United where they need to get to. And there needs to be a project and a plan and a strategy to do that. And everybody has to buy into it. <clears throat> Everyone has to buy into it. And we've seen over the last two, three, four years with players, you know, out, if they don't agree with something, they can easily throw a, man, a manager under the bus. We've seen it. You know, the only way this team is going to be successful is from top to bottom, they all want one common goal, and that's to get Man United back to where to where they belong. Whether the owners feel that you know that they've got an interest in that, I'm not sure. We heard Van Gaal come out and say yeah. that it's more of a corporate club than than actually a football club. You know, we 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 get that. We've been saying that since we've been doing the show, Marky. That you know, it's about you know merchandise, sell shirts, you know, taking money out of the club. It's about that. That's why maybe one of the reasons why Christian Ronaldo came back to to um, to Manchester United because the share just rocket it, rocket it up. It's about that. It's, it's not about you know the fans and you know making United winning trophies again and competing with the best teams in the in the world. Seems that way to me. But whoever comes in, that has to make sure that's the common goal. 
for, for whether it's Ten Hag or whether it's Podge or Simeone or anyone, that has to be the common goal. And if there's a fragmentation where people have got different kind of ideas of where the club should be going or <clears throat> what it needs to be doing, then it's always going to be a struggle, you know. And I think, you know, listen to what Van Gaal said, it seemed that way. You know, whether he was bitter, you know, I mean, because he's because his longevity didn't last at the club, I, I don't know. I remember the way he was treated after getting sacked after winning the FA Cup, um, which obviously never a nice way to go. Um, maybe there's a, maybe there's a bit of bitterness, but you know, he's 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 been a world class manager, you know, and he's obviously now back at Holland. Um, so he looks that type of person where he's open. He tells you that tells you how it is, and you know, when I saw those headlines, it was it it wasn't surprising. You know, but whoever comes in, whether it be Pochettino, they've got to be able to handle the big stars. They've got to be handled. They've got to pull this change back together again. They really, really have. You know, you know, I'm a, I'm a manager ready now, and my ch the change we've got here is absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm here. I'm just saying everyone. There's no big egos. They all get on well. They know the common goal is to try and stay in this league. And they're prepared to do everything they can possibly do to, to make that happen. So there's no negativity. You know, there's only there's no people who kind of energies that pure and you kind of worry about him and worry about them. Um <clears throat> I think I think at United we've seen that there's fragmentations of which way the club should go forward, who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing, why is he playing? He's my mate, he should be playing. Um and that's what you have to deal with, you know. Excuse <clears throat> when I was at United, we had so many egos, so many big characters. You know, Kinch, Michael, Robson, Kenton, himself. We had Kinch, yeah. Big, yeah, massive egos. Um, and we all had opinion. We all had opinion on, you know, where we should do, what we should do and where he should be playing. But Ferguson managed to control all of our egos and he's, and, and, he's, and, he, and made it sure that his opinion was the only one that mattered. And we told the line with that. When Sir Alex said, we're doing this, we're doing this. Whether he liked it or not, there's no mumbling and grumbling, complaining. You just got. Do you think if um, one thing I did want to ask, and I forget this if I don't interrupt you, so apologies. But if Sir Alex Ferguson in '95 had said, just before you left, so you don't leave, um, my dream is to manage Scotland. The Scotland job's come up. I'm going. Do you think the board would have come to you and Cantona and Keane and said, "Who do you want as the next manager?" Do you think that's right? No, no, they should, that should never happen. Well, this, this is what's happening at United. You know, the pl some of the players want Poch. I mean, whether Poch is the right man or not, some of these players. I mean, and, and if they asked you in '95, at least they're asking a bloody good set of players. Asking this team who they want the next manager to be, I wouldn't trust them to tell me. I won't trust them to get a bloody pint of milk. Like the, the, the but this is the problem, isn't it? United needs somebody to go in there, where the players are just the players. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, and that's, that, should, that, that should always be the case. It doesn't. I, I'm not sure whether it happens anywhere else. You know, I'm not sure when Wenger left, did they say to the Arsenal players, "Who do you want to be the next manager?" Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I, I'm not There's sure. a lot of player power at United, though, isn't there? And we know that. So you know, and at the end of the day, you ask them, and United, United team or United players, do they want to be the next manager? Some of them might not even be there next year. You know, or gone. shouldn't be there next year if you get yeah. the right manager in. Maybe yeah. that's why they want a certain manager because I know this manager quite likes me, so let's get him. It's it's I'd, I would never trust the player. <laughs> it's like trusting a turkey, saying which turkey should I should we have but, for Christmas? Have that one. <laughs> yeah, but this is where you're not at that because somewhere down the line, of course, one of the hierarchy are going to the players if this is the case and saying who do you yeah. want to be the next manager? Although well, that, that that is happening, Paul. At United, <clears> there is. A selection you know. of players who've got the ear of the board, so much so we saw it with Mourinho. They went beyond Mourinho to the board, and he's gone. We've seen it with Ranić. Have we seen it with Oli? They, they've got. I don't know whether the board are just so naive that oh God, he's talking to me. I just it just seems very amateurish how how they run it. Which are look, few people are saying why is Poch the favourite? Well, look, Poch is the favourite amongst the media if you want that. But there are some rumours coming in last night that. Um, uh, from around France, that these interviews are progressing with Pochettino and that um, he's starting to move ahead of Ten Hag. We'll have to see if that happens or not. One thing I did want to ask you, Paul, as an ex-player yourself, low, mm. no, no ex-players really going for Ten Hag. Obviously, you've said you preferred Pochettino as well. 
Interesting from Teddy Sheringham yesterday. He said, for me, I'd go for Poch because that's the man I know most about. I don't know enough about Ten Hag. Is, and I think that's a really honest opinion from Teddy because ultimately there's no problem with people are going with Pochettino because they know what he's about because he's from the Premier League and everything like that and don't really know a lot of what Ten Hag's about. Is that where you are with that or do you just genuinely have fears about Eric Ten Hag? Because I was, I've, I've, I've looked into it deep quite a lot and there's some really interesting stuff about Pochettino. His, his Spurs record, very good at getting top four. But his mm-hmm. record against the top, top six was abysmal. He only won three out of 27 away away games against the top six. With France this year, with Neymar, Mbappe and, and um, Messi, nearly forgot Messi, bloody hell, and the team that he's got, he's only beaten one of the top 10 French clubs away from home. He's got a problem. I think he's a flat track bully. I think he's very good at getting you fourth, but I think he's got a problem when he comes against the top managers. So... I understand why people want Poch, but for me, I feel I've looked at it a little bit deeper and, and I've looked at Ten Hag and I just think now I think Pochettino's a little bit of a safe bet, whereas I think Ten Hag's a little bit more risky, but it's a brand new direction. Mm, no, this, I, I, can, I can see that. I can definitely see that, Mark. Um, I, when, I was, um, when I was talking about Pochettino, I'd said that for years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you then as well. You know, and um, um, and as I said, we've lost out on three years. Things have been so different. Um, I think if you look at Pochettino's record, and you're right, I think at Tottenham he built a very, very good side. Son and Ali coming in. I mean, look what's happened to Ali since you know his Tottenham days. You know, you know, unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable what's happened to the lad. Um, And you say you do, you do say Pochettino because he's been in the Premier League and. You know, you talk about Messi and Mbappe and Neymar and you watch the way they play. Now, they wouldn't be allowed to do that in the Premier League. Under, under Pep and under, under Klopp, those who played free play wouldn't be allowed to just stay up there, not come back, not get back into shape. That was after the problem when they got beat at Anfield 4-0 because they just Suarez and that they stayed at the top, didn't bother coming back. Yeah. So, what I'm saying about Pochettino is that he's got that experience. You know, it comes across quite calm and I don't know enough about Ten Hag. But then again, did we know enough about Jurgen Klopp before he came on the scene? Yeah. You know, did we know enough about Graham Potter before he came on the scene? Because Graham Potter, where's he from? Oh, he's from some place that some we don't know where it is. And now suddenly he's making a name for himself because he's new, because he's fresh. You know, he's creative. He's got different ideas. His style of football is very good. It's entertaining. You know, you take risks. You know, so I, I can see well, I can see why Den Haag could could be could be could get the job. You know, and until the end of the season, it's going to be one of them. But then the sad thing is, we're only talking about two managers here. You know, there must be you know why are they just talking about the two managers? This is Manchester United. You know, there should be like five or six on on on, on the interview list. You know, there's enough top managers out there, and you might all right, is, are, are, are they thinking well, we're in good hands with Pochettino? And we don't want to take the risk with Den Haag, you know. But I think with Den Haag, you probably have a clean, clean sheet then, and you and you go, and he's like, "Come well, this, this is me. I'm fresh. I've got new ideas. I'm creative and innovative. I've got all these ideas." And they're like, "Oh, that's a bit too much for us. We need to be in safe hands. We need to make sure." Yeah. But maybe that could be the answer. But then again, with Pochettino, he goes to Manchester United. He gets given a stack load of money, which he never got given, you know, under Daniel Levy you know, to, to, to build a team that he wants to build. And he's got to be allowed to build a team. And I keep saying that and I say it again. He's got to be allowed to build a team. And Klopp's done it in three, four years. You know, that's how long it's going to take for United, I'm afraid. Well, it's only the first step, isn't it, Paul? Because mm. once you get that manager, and obviously I want it to be Ten Hag, but even if it even if it is him, if he doesn't if he gets the same backing that Mourinho had and Van Al had, which wasn't enough then you ain't going to close that gap above. And um, no, I, I, I agree. I, I respect your honesty as well as always. That I think that there is a, there, I think Poch, that a lot of people go with Poch because they know what he's all about and he's managed here. Um, but the vast majority of United fans do want Ten Hag. And I think that what that screams to me from a, from without putting my personal opinion on it is that 
I think people want some. I think United fans want something new. They've seen what you said about Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp wasn't proven in the Premier League. Pep wasn't proven. Tuchel wasn't proven. Like you say, Potter wasn't proven. I think United fans, we've had Mourinho. He was proven. It didn't go well. We had Van Al. He was a proven manager. It didn't go well. Um, obviously, Oli was a different type of coach. And I think with Ten Hag, I think what we haven't tried is this exciting foreign coach that's not managed here before with his own ideas. And it, yeah, of course it could go up in flames. It could do at that club easily. But I think that's what people want. I think with Pochettino, it's like, well, he got sacked by Spurs. He's not done well at PSG. He is Premier League proven, but he's also got big holes in his own game, which we've just discussed there about this problem that he has away from home against the top clubs. So I think it really just comes down to, as we were saying, do you want to go with what is somebody who's managed in the Premier League or do you want to go with somebody who's not managed in the Premier League? Mm. And it's exciting and new. And it and it could I mean it could be like it could be like Sir Alex, it could be like whatever manager that's come into the Premier League and done shit. You just don't know. Mm. Yeah, and, and, but listen, and also as I said, the biggest point of that, and it's not whether you're exciting and you've got new ideas or you're safe and you've got experience in the Premier League. The biggest, biggest factor and will always be can you handle the players? Can you get them in line? Because that's a big job. That's a big job having a team that's kind of mentally uh, not there, you know. Well, how would you... Here's a question then. Because, like, I suppose the thing is, it depends on what the club are telling you. Because if Mm. you're being interviewed for the United job and they're saying, Paul, you're in charge and we're going to back you over the next five years. And if if you say this player, this player, this player ain't good enough, we might not be able to get rid of him this summer, but we'll do look at what Arteta's done. Might take us a year, but we'll get rid of Aubameyang. Might take us a year to get you a better goalkeeper than Leno, but we will do it. If they're saying that, that's that's the job you want. If they're saying, look, Mm. you can have the job, Paul, but there ain't no way you're selling Harry Maguire or Marcus Rashford. They're too valuable to us. And, And in which case, you're like, you're back where Van, Van Al was, which is what I think he was talking about. This ain't a football club. It's a commercial club because they're too interested in the commercial value of a player. Like, imagine if you walked in and went, well, look, I've watched Ronaldo all year. Fantastic player. But where I'm going over the next three years, he ain't it for me. Well, you're not selling him, Paul, because he makes us loads of money. We're, we're not. You've got to use him. In which case, maybe that's what Van Hal's on about. And I suppose if that that that's the problem if you're going in as a manager, isn't it? Are you being told to accommodate these players or are you actually being allowed to say, I need to replace these players? Because that's what Pep mm-hmm. and Arteta and Klopp have been allowed to do. Yeah, and yeah, and, and exactly. And, and they've replaced the players with the right mentality and the right characters. You know, and that's one thing that Sir Alex was always good about. It wasn't just about how good a player he was. It was about, you know, his background. Where did he come from? How was he brought up? You know, listen, the generations have changed. But if you could speak to Keeney or Stevie G or myself, we'd always give it Robson, was all the tough backgrounds, tough upbringings, you know. And it was, so it wasn't just about the ability of the player, it was his character, his mental toughness, you know. And that's how you build a team, and, you know, when things go wrong, you know, the leadership qualities that we keep talking about time and time again. That's what Fergie built a team of leaders, you know. And so, this is this is for me the most important thing. So whether Ten Hag is great coaching does all that, can he deal with these players? Can he deal with these players? Now, if he if, if he seriously wants the job, and he wants to do it his way, they've got to let him. They, they've got to let him. And the yeah. same with Poch, they've got to let him. And if they don't let him, then it's going to take us longer than we actually expected to try and get get where we want to get United to get to. And and. Because it's Mate United, it's, it's like, well, you can't turn that turn Mate United. Of course, it's Mate United, the biggest club in the country. And I go, well, I'm going to because if I can't do it my way, then a year down the line, I'm going to be yeah. in exactly the same position <laughs> as, as 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 we've seen before with previous managers. Yeah, you're going to be sacked. And you, you, you've got to be able to walk yeah. in there and say... If I I'll take this job, but if I say I want to sell David De Gea or I want to sell Bruno Fernandez, you've got to back me to do it. And if the board say, well, we don't like that, then maybe you've mm. got to say, and it doesn't matter who the manager is, like you say, whether it's Poch or Ten Hag, they've got to be allowed to walk in that club and say, if I I might have some really weird ideas, but you've got to back me on it. 
Listen, I've, just tell you, I've, I've got a blueprint for success, all right? I've got a blueprint for success, and this what it looks like. Yeah. It's going to take a period of two or three years, and it might mean losing... Well, that's why you, you've been in this situation, Paul. Mm. If you're being interviewed for a job, surely, this is a bit of insight, when you get mm. interviewed for a job, they don't ask you what your favourite Netflix series is, and surely they're asking you what your blueprint for the club is. Cool, of, course, of course it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, and, the, and the reason why, and the thing of the problem is, as I said to you before, it's down to the hierarchy to make sure that whatever that blueprint is, is success. Mm. Now, Pochettino will have a different idea to what Ten Hag might have. If they interviewed another manager, which I, which I think they should, or another two or three, then they might have a different idea. But at the moment, it seems to me that I just kind of blinkered on two managers, as in Poch and Ten Hag. And I'm thinking, well, why not just... Maybe interview two or three. You might be surprised what you might get. You know, like you might think, oh, yeah, that's, that's probably might be the way to go forward. But they haven't. It's just the two, and it's like a two-horse race. Well, some people think they should have even interviewed Graham Potter. I mean, I'm, I'm not I sure think... he's the right man, but I, I might have given him an interview at least. But listen, the thing is, you can give him an interview. Listen, I think yeah. it's always tough because he's still at he's still at Brighton, so yeah. it's hard to like interview some ways at the club. But I think just to get an insight, listen, he might, he might not get the job. He probably won't get the job. But maybe two, three years' time, you, you think, oh, I remember that interview with Graham Potter. He was really good. I liked what his ideas was. I liked what his philosophy was. Or any, any other manager. It could be any, any manager out of work. It hasn't got to just be him. It could be Catuso. It could be Zidane. You know what I mean? It could be anyone. Just get their insight and what and what they what their ideas are taking this club forward. Um, but to just have it as a two-horse race, I think, is a little bit blinkered. Even though I still think Podge will get it. But they've got to give the manager the chance and take... Listen, whoever comes in, it's going to be a risk. I don't care who you are, it's going to be a risk because yeah, you've said it before, just before, Mark, and we've had world-class managers in Van Gaal and Mourinho and they've, and, and they've struggled last two years. So whoever comes in, it's going to be a risk. But I'd like to think if I was going into management as a manager and I got sacked three, two, three years down the line, I did it my way and I did it the way that I thought would get the club to where it belonged. And if I didn't and I failed then fine, at least I've done it my way. Listen, I've not done it by someone else telling me, oh, well, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. This has to happen if you want the job. I, I, I couldn't do that. I have to do it my way. And if I fail, fall on my sword, I, I, I can live with that. But I wouldn't want to lose my job knowing that I didn't do what I believe was right to take this club forward. And this is this is the most important thing. And and the board left have, have to accept that's got to be the case. Unfortunately, if they don't, and they, they keep sticking their nose into it, then we'd have the same conversation in two, three years' time, Mark. And I think it'll become very apparent very quickly whether the manager, whoever it is, has got control at the club. Because I think next season, if we're picking a lot of the same players of this year, mm. you'll know that the club have basically got the new manager on strings. And, you know, that could be Eric Ten Hag as well. Because ultimately, I think what we have seen is that, without naming names, certain players this year have shown that they, long-term, are not United players. They might be good players, and they might play a bit better under a new manager, but I think ultimately we've seen mentally and on the pitch as well, there's a lot of players in that team that any manager would walk in and go, long-term, I ain't winning trophies with this lot. They're just not quite at that level, which has been proven over a number of years. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and I think also, it's funny because it's funny in football where you kind of look at players and all of a sudden the manager goes... And you think, well, he's been poor for two years under that manager. And then a new manager comes in and kind of revitalises the player. And all of a sudden, he's playing out his skin. You know, you think, well, why was it not like that two years ago? It's funny, as a player, it can happen. You know, the manager seems to like... Because you're looking after 25 of your children, basically. And it's how you kind of look after them. Some, you've got to kind of be a bit more tougher with them. Some, you've got to put your arm around the shoulder and say, listen, you know, some you've got to work on with them showing that you care about them. And, and sometimes you get a response from players and all of a sudden they start playing well and start doing the things that you think, well, where was that two years ago? So whoever goes in there, it has to look at that, the whole picture. So the players we think ain't performing as well as they are the last two or three years, that could turn around. That really could turn around. But if you look at from the, the nucleus of the squad, to get where they need to get to, you know, you're talking five or six, six seven players. It's the core of the team, isn't it? It's the core of the team yeah. that needs to change. You, you, you know, know, as I say, Bernardo's a great player, and you know, but how long can he play for? 
you know, you know, he is. You know, he's not part of the long term future, is he? He's just not. No, no, and and, and that was the thing with with Oli. I mean, his plan was was to you know get rid, change that average age to like twenty five. You know, and then you buy Varane and you buy Ronaldo, and you think, well, that's that's gonna that's gonna out of the water, you know. What was all that about? So, you know, you've got a kind of less than the age gap group of the team, um, but whoever gets it, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one. That's for sure, Marcus. Leicester on Saturday. Yeah. Um, last few fixtures of the season for United out of it. Obviously, I mean, look back to reality with all the manager chat. We've almost forgotten. Some people have. I haven't. Our last run out was at Old Trafford. It was the embarrassing exit against Atletico Madrid. It's um, it's not been good for United in their last few performances. And um, Arsenal favourites for top four now. I think you've got United have got Leicester home, Everton away, Norwich at home. Then they've got Arsenal, Liverpool, five games. Arsenal have got a game in hand and I think a four points ahead. So it's very difficult to get top four. In fact, looking at the table, it almost looks like holding on to fifth might be a problem because Spurs are ahead of us now and West Ham aren't going anywhere either. What what do you think about United now as an ex-player yourself? You know, you, you have an international break. Some people will feel refreshed, but then it's, it comes back to reality. You know, out of the Champions League, that kicks in next week, into sixth place, playing catch-up. All right, there's one or two games you might fancy yourself, Norwich at home, but there's still Arsenal away, Liverpool away to come. Do you think United can get top four now, or do you think it actually is about just trying to grab on to that fifth place and keep hold of that with Spurs and everyone behind? Can you see United hitting a good end to the season, or do you think... when? Because, you know, we see some teams, obviously Reading, we'll talk about that in a minute, battling relegation. That's what you inherited. That's not your problem. It is your problem, but it's not your fault. And um, you've got some teams like, you know, Southampton. They're always on the beach in April, aren't they? You know, you're thinking about the summer holidays. You're not going down. Um, But United, what, four-fifths of the season now. So they've not been good enough. Can they finish on a high? Or do you think that really now players will be thinking about or I'll be off in the summer, or who the manager's going to be. Is it hard to find a run of games and go and win five or six on the bounce for United now, do you think? Um, listen, I think I think it's um, it, it'd be surprising if they did that. I'd love them to do it. But I think it'd be surprising because we've not seen it in our season. You know, they've been very um, inconsistent. Um, and listen, there was there was a fixture of games. There was a runner game, Burnley. Yeah. Southampton Villa, where we're thinking, right, if we can pick up like a good 16 points here, something like that. Southampton, you know, they were, yeah, there were games where probably yeah, we should, and and uh, you know, didn't happen. They lose, they draw, and you think that, and that, and that, that, that was the kind of turning point for me. That was the time where you've got to pick up those points, especially you know, at home, and, and they didn't do it. Um, and that's just allowed the teams like Arsenal, Tottenham, and West Ham to stay close to them. That was an opportunity for me not to go five, six, seven points clear of the rest. It was of games in hand. You'd rather have the points than 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 um, um, than, than than the uh, uh, games. So um, that was a major turning point for me. Listen, once again, we're going to sit here and say, well, listen, United can beat anybody on their day. You know, anybody can beat anybody in their day. It's how often they have their days throughout the season, um, unless it's a tough one. You know, Leicester. You know, we know how Brendan Rodgers plays, you know, he love going back there, being obviously being a ex-Liverpool manager. So he'll be up for the game, his players be up for the game. Um, and it's, it's just, you don't know what you're going to get from United. You don't know, I can say here, and, you know, I, I know what I'm going to get from our Reading players on Saturday at Barnsley. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what result we're going to get, because I don't know that. But what I know was what type of performance I'm going to get. And if that yields a, a three points, then great. But I think with Manchester United, we've seen over the season, you know, we never know what we're going to get. We never know what mate United are going, to, are going to turn up. So for us to sit here now, five, six games from the end of the season, saying, can they win all six games? In an ideal world, you'd like to say yes. But, you know, the, the Arsenal game is going to be a massive game, isn't it? I think that's a massive game. I think you've just got to beat, try and beat Leicester, Everton and Norwich and set take nine points and just put pressure on Arsenal and then that Arsenal game becomes a bit of a cup final. If we if we if we if we can if we can if we can be in with a shout for that Arsenal game, that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? But that's yeah, 
but we can't just discount Arsenal because obviously we're still talking about West Ham. We're still talking about Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. You've got you to win. Know. Yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. That's why I said to you, we can focus on fourth, but we could mm. end up down in seventh. Yeah, and you know, you said at the start of the show, at the start of the season, you know, United would be lucky if they finished fourth, and they, you were proven right, um, even with the players that they brought in. Um, so as I said, there's a, there's, it's, it's going to. I'm not sure it's going to go to the way Arsenal. See, Arsenal seem to be playing better and better and better. They're playing you know, well. They are. The players seem to be on their games. Odegaard looks like he's, he's now a very, very good player. They've got Saka. You know, they've got just you know even the selling the Bamiyang, who's now scoring goals at Barcelona. You know, they've lost probably their top striker, and they're still scoring goals and playing some really good football and defending very, very well. Um, so they look like they've got it going, Arsenal. Um, Tottenham, you never know. You know, one minute they're winning and they get beat, you know, but when you've got Harry Kane, you know, and Son, you've always got a chance of, of winning games. Um, and under Conte, you know what he's going to be like. His demands on them are not going to be, you know, as high as they have ever been. Uh, so, and Moyes has got a team full of no egos, that no expectations for West Ham to finish fourth. If they do, it's an unbelievable feat. Um, so, who'd have no thought this, Paul? You've got Spurs, Arsenal, Man United, and West Ham going for fourth place, and the only team in Europe is West Ham. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, fair play, though. Shout, shout them out. That's what I mean. Fair play. Got, and then you've got to think, listen, you know, fourth place is massive for Manchester United because you talk, we talked about a manager coming in, we're talking about building a, a team, not just for the Premier League, but building a team to win the Champions League. Now, if you're not in the Champions League and you're playing in your April League every Thursday night and playing on a Sunday because you're playing on a Thursday night, what type of players are you going to attract? This is the question. This is how it's so important to finish in the Champions League. But if it's not, then next year you've got to make sure you finish in the top four. Yeah. Which won't the, be easy next year. You can see it that won't already. Be easy. If Conte's there, he's going to demand more money. Arteta will there get better. He's still got Chelsea, City, Liverpool. That's five straight away. You know, well, so, Arsenal are doing it without a striker, really, because lack of threat. He ain't. I don't rate him at all. So, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. You can see the improvement in Arsenal by a top striker, and that good team gets better, doesn't it? Of course it does, and you, and you see the youth of being through. Smith yeah. Rose being fantastic. Saka, you know these these are players. You know you think you talk about United. Where's our young players like that coming from? You know, Foden's. You know, where are they? Where are they? You know, we spend millions and millions on academies and. You know, if you look at a United team now, you've probably got McTominay now, but he's 25. Yeah. You know, but behind him, what's what's next? What's next behind McTominay? Tell me. Well, I, we did have Greenwood. We can't talk about him. Rashford's... Yeah. Rashford's 25, 25, 24. These, yeah. these, are, not, these are not... Like, there are uh, some good players coming through, but it's it's about giving that... Uh, I mean, you, you, you probably didn't catch it right, although, to be fair, you were part of it, and I've said this before. That class of 92 team didn't just drop into the team and become world-class. Nicky Butt, Beckham, they were coming through playing little games even when you were there, weren't they? It's, and and yeah. they're coming into a team that's got winners in it like yourself and Kino and Cantona and Hughes and Bruce. Mm. You've got It's all right saying drop a young player in, but if you drop them into a situation where it's not great, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll sink, won't they? They will sink, yeah. And now we're prepared to put the arm around them and, you know... Getting through the first year or two, like we did with Giggsy and you know Beckham and that. Um, so um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But I don't hear anything coming out of the academy saying, "Oh well, we got this play; he's going to be special." X, Y, and Z. I heard about Phil Foden ages ago. You know Smith Rowe, Saka. I heard I heard about people talking about these players two years ago before they even started playing in the first team. You know, so again, you mentioned it before. The manager comes in, it's not just about the first team, it's changing the whole club, the yeah. whole mindset of the club, how they play, how they work at the academy. Why are we not bringing players through? Because if we are actually talking about a commercial event here, which we are with, with some people at the club, mm. then the academy is part of that because you bring players through, you put them in the first team, you, you sell them on. <clears throat> that's, that's how it works, you know what I mean? Not many players stay at club for, you know, all their lives. You know, those times are not gone now. So you have to keep producing players. One, from academy one to get into the first team to better the first team two if you're not doing that why are we spending millions of pounds on academies and three you're telling them to the top players so then they can go to a Barca or Real Madrid for 100 million pounds 200 million pounds that's how it should be done but you know there's all the things that the manager will have to look at 
from the whole picture point of view uh, to get this club going. Because I'm telling you, Liverpool will keep producing young players. So will Arsenal, so will Manchester City. And it's, it's about time we did. And you go, we always revert back to the class of 92. Now, mind it's you, a I long didn't... time ago, isn't it? 92, it's yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, I, I always say the class of 92 was the team that won the, the Premier League in 92, 93. That's what I say. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah, good, good so point. You know, like, so you know. Yeah, good point. Um, no, but I think you're right. Top to bottom is, is something fans have been crying out for for a long time. And whoever the manager is, even if it's the right one, even if it is Ten Hag, it's still going to be massively dependent on everything that's going around him. Um, and that's that's the next... I, I, I've said this, even if we get the right manager, it's a one small step forward on a path that's probably a mile long. <laughs> like yeah. You've, got, a, you've yeah. got so much other things that need to go right. Um, just want to talk to you, Paul, about your job at Reading. What position are you in at the moment? Fourth uh, from bottom? Fourth from bottom. Or should I say 18th from top? Yeah, and you're playing second from bottom or third from bottom on Saturday? Barnsley, you're a third from bottom. Um, five points clear at the moment. Uh, it's so a six-pointer then? Yeah, I think I think it's one of those six-pointers. I think, um, listen, the lads have been brilliant since I've been here. It's, it's, it's never easy, to, you know. It's always tough when you take a team that's kind of struggling and you know, the, the club, is, the players are low and you've got to try and lift them. You've got to change the mentality the way they... They see things, you know. Because remember, this team last year were, I think, seventh, finished seventh in the league. Should have gotten, the, should have gotten the playoffs last season, um, and now kind of we find ourselves like fourth from bottom. So to come into a club such late in in, in the season and try and change the whole mentality of the way <clears throat> the way we do things and the way they think and you know roll the sleeves up and fight because it is it is a fight, you know, it's a relegation fight, something that the majority of these players have never been involved in. Yeah. And so to try and change that, we we'll get Harry Maguire down. <laughs> I think he's actually actually don't get Harry Maguire down. I think he's been relegated two or three <laughs> times. So no, well that's a bad bit of idea. He's too good for us. He's yeah. too good for us. But you listen. But ultimately, if you can pick up a couple of wins, it kind of it, it gives you confidence, gives the team confidence, and it it's so important to pick up results because you go into a club and you don't pick up results, then yeah, you can say, well, listen, it was a previous regime. You know, and but when you're trying to put your ideas across to players and trying to change their mentality and the way you do things, you've got to kind of pick up a couple of wins because then they think, oh yeah, this must be the right way to go. You know, you get more belief, more belief. So yeah, so Saturday, Saturday we've got three games: Saturday, Port Barnsley, Stoke on Tuesday, and Cardiff on Saturday. Three games in seven days. So after this next weekend, we we know where we are. Uh, but it'll be a tough game. Everyone's fighting for their lives, Mark down here. Yeah, no, well, look, you went you went to Blackburn and got a point, <clears> didn't you? Or well, they came to Reading. I don't remember, was it home or away? But that went to Bournemouth. Went to Bournemouth. We got a draw at Bournemouth and we beat Blackburn last Saturday. Yeah, um, you see, momentum. They're, they're they're top six clubs, aren't they? So, yeah. well, like you up. say, they're fighting for their lives. Barnsley, you're fighting yeah. for your lives. That's three o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm you the... get the win, mate. I hope you get the win. I take it. I take it you'll be streaming it, Mark. I might be live at three o'clock, so I might, I might, I might give you an update every ten minutes or so. You need, get your, you need to get your priorities right, mate. I'm telling you, we're going to fall out. But, 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 but the problem is, what if you start losing? I, I've got jinx powers. You might get beat. I might be. Oh, it's another one for Barnsley. That's four. <laughs> Don't be saying that. Don't be saying that. God's sake. No, I'm sure you'll be all right. I'm sure you'll be all right. And uh, like I say, I hope you stay up and I hope you win. You might get, you might get a phone call from Old United. They might be, might, they might take a look. Oh, well, Rooney says he wants the job. If you stay up and he doesn't, oh, to be fair, you know, in a, in a way, I'd, I would love, I, I would love Derby to stay up. They're not not at the expense of us, but I think you know what Wayne's done at that club, you know, with a twenty-one point deduction is is, is phenomenal. Yeah, it, is it really, really is. So, you know, but obviously it's going to be one out of four, and obviously I don't want it to be. I want us to want that to be us. But what, Barnsley get and, down, beat him on Sunday, Saturday. And the thing is, you, you look at Wayne and you think, you know, could he? You don't kind of see him as a, as a manager. And when he took over, you think, hmm. Yeah, but he surprised a lot of people and his style of football's good. And, you know, whatever happens, you know, you can be a manager for a long, long time, that's for sure. Paul, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Fantastic Thank range you. of topics. And I know everyone in the chat will be wishing you good luck on Saturday. And we'll speak to you again next week. Look forward to it. Take care, mate. Cheers, pal. Speak to you in a bit. Good market boy. Tell him, mate. Bye-bye, mate. Bye-bye.
Okay, uh, Incy on the show there. I, I'm not going to hang around for too long, but one thing I did want to just touch on at the end, because it's not a morning show, a news show. I'll go through the news at two o'clock uh, when we have Incy on. I have to move things about. But um, look, um, really enjoyed it. Really good conversation as ever. And the one thing I did want to talk about was about the, uh, you know, we Teddy Sheringham, Paul Ince, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, Nicky Butt, all want Pochettino. Keane and Scholes want Simeone. None of them want Ten Hag. And I really wanted to just ask Paul in a non-direct way, is his preference for Pochettino based on the fact that he doesn't know much about Ten Hag? And it is. It is. And that's an honest answer and you can't disrespect that. And when we were talking and I said, look, did you know that Pochettino has only won one game away from home against the top 10 French leagues this season with the team that he's got? That's appalling. I'm not, I don't personally think the French league's that competitive. I think PSG should be winning nearly every game. But to not beat teams such as, considering his team has got Messi, Mbappe and Neymar, it's got Verratti, it's got Paradis, it's got Wijnaldum, it's got Marquinhos, it's got Hakimi, it's got Mendes, it's Kimbempe and it's got Donnarumma. And it's, not, it's losing away to Rennes, it's losing away to Nice, it's drawing away to Marseille. It's it's losing away to Monaco. It's drawing away to Lens. It's losing away to Nantes. It's drawing away to Lyon. Like that's Di Maria as well. It's just and also he only won three of twenty seven away games to the top six in his time at Spurs. Well, there's no way of dressing this up. He's either got he's on a shoestring bu bu budget and he can't win away from home against the top sides, or he's got an amazing budget and he can't win away from home against the top ten in France. Like there's a running theme there. So, um, you know, I do think that when you actually talk to Paul and you talk to and Teddy Sheringham even admitted it as well. I think the reason these people are going for Pochettino is because they know more about him. They don't know more about Ten Hag. And in life, some people will go for the safer option over the, the new option. As like I said, when I go to the Chinese takeaway, I'm really boring. I'll always go beef chow mein, egg fried rice, bit of sweet and sour chicken and some prawn crackers every time. Been doing it for 20 years. I, when I go to Chinese takeaway, I'm basically going for the Pochettino choice. You know, the guys there going, try this uh, Peking duck and all this. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested in Ten Hag. I want, I want this. But the reality is, um, I think a lot of people are going for Pochettino because he's the safe option because they know more about him. Um, and they just don't know anything about Ten Hag. They don't. They, for, I think for some people, Ten Hag is an Ajax manager. Why would you go for an Ajax manager? But Paul even admitted it himself. Klopp, Ten Hag. There are similarities in the fact that they've never managed it before. So there we go. Thanks everyone for watching. I'm back at two o'clock. We'll, we'll go through all the news at two o'clock. Um, but really enjoyed that show. Just a topical chat. Um, and uh, Inti is always a good chat to have. Thanks everyone for watching. Make sure you smash a like on the video. I'll see you at two. Take care and uh, make sure you smash a like on the video.